Let's go on to God's word this morning. Shall we turn our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Let's read verses 17 to 23. 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verses 17 to 23. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel and he sent you on a mission saying, Go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites. Wage war against them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God. In order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance, like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Not a very encouraging passage to read this morning. Because the Lord has rejected Saul as king. And it's not just Saul rejecting uh, God, but God rejecting Saul. It's one thing for man to reject God. It's totally another thing for God to reject man. Where will man go? If God himself rejects man. It's very uh, heartbreaking to see how a man who was once uh, wonderful in God's sight. A man who was once pleasing to God's, in God's sight. A man who God handpicked. Came searching for. Whom God loved. Whom God appointed. Is now rejected. Someone who is not man-made, someone who has not come to position by virtue of uh, lineage because his father was a king. Someone who has not come into position because of fighting wars and uh, toppling other kings or creating a coup and uh, coming into power. But here is someone who has been chosen by God who went and hid himself once. When Samuel had come and gathered the people of Israel to anoint him as king, he goes and actually hides himself. And the one who was running away, but yet God was after him, has now been rejected by God. Very sad scenario here. A very heartbreaking scenario. But God is very clear about his principles. God does not bend his principles. God does not change. He's not a man to lie. He's not a son of man to change his mind. That does not hold good only for the promises that we are claiming from God. It also is true about the nature of God itself. He's not a man to lie. He's not a son of man to change his mind. It is true of God's principles, God's standards, God's laws, God's commands. When God says something, he means it. 
isn't that true it is not just concerning promises alone but also with concern in concern in things concerning god's commands and god's will and what god determines to do and god what god expects from men he is not going to change his mind he says do this and he expects people to do it his standards his he does not bend himself to people's expectations after all we are his creation and he is our creator who are we that we could dictate to him and say bend your rules for us to get through no we can't command god we can't dictate terms we can he can, he will not come on our terms we have to play the game in, in in his according to his rules and we are in his turf this is his world we are his we belong to him he owns us amen and so god is very clear about what he's saying he told adam and eve do not eat of the fruit and he meant it am i right he meant it he meant what he said and he said the day you eat it you will die and it so happened that they experienced a spiritual death they were separated from god they were banished from the garden because they did not keep god's word and god is expecting for us to keep his word god is expecting for us to obey him not that he wants to be a hard taskmaster over us but he wants us to be a holy people he wants us to be at a place where he can bless us he wants us to be in a place where he will delight over us as he is a holy god and we have fallen into sin and he has come to redeem us and as redeemed people of god he does not want us to go away go back into the way of life that we once lived but he wants us to continue to live in him and be built up and rooted in him strengthened in the faith and become holy and to live this life in such a manner that will delight him that will please him and we see here clearly Saul had given uh, Samuel had given clear command to Saul concerning the Amalekites he told Saul when you go on war against the Amalekites this is God's command he wants you to annihilate all of them everything there do not leave even one little thing alive he commanded him to do the job he was sent on a mission and he was sent on a with particular instructions as to how he has to fulfill this mission the reason why god told that to uh, samuel and told samuel uh, to tell saul to execute this command of his was because earlier on when the people of israel were coming out of egypt and going into the land of promise what happened was the amalekites came on a war against the people of israel and they did not give safe passage for the people of israel even though the people of israel proposed for peace they said we are not going to attack any of you we will not even drink water from your wells we will just give us let us go through the bypass road and we will cross over and go to the other side but yet the amalekites came on a war against the people of israel and if you remember moses held his hands up and as long as moses was holding his hands up the people of israel were winning nairan and hur held the hands of moses and they won with joshua leading the war 
And so because the Amalekites did evil against the Lord, the Lord wanted to avenge. He wanted to take revenge against the people of Israel because the Lord says vengeance is mine. It is in his appointed time that he will take vengeance. And you see he is doing that and he is using Samuel and Saul in particular to execute the command of God. But what Saul did was went they went and whatever was not good for them they killed god gave them a victory but whatever was good the fatted calves and the sheep and everything they took for themselves because they had their eye on these material things and instead of killing everything all living things they plundered a little bit for their own and because of this god was displeased with saul and even before saul came and met samuel the prophet god already revealed to samuel the prophet the previous night and said i'm very displeased with saul i reject him as king and samuel was so troubled all through the night and he was crying and wailing and and and, and praying for saul what had happened but yet nothing changed saul came the next morning and he said oh samuel prophet samuel i have fulfilled the mission of the lord and samuel said no you didn't he said no i did What is this the sound of the bleeding of the sheep i hear you can't quieten sheep isn't it they will make noise he said i finished the job see i got the king alive captured him but the sheep what is the sound of the sheep i hear it shows up it can't be hidden it shows up in some way it shows up that you know he had displeased god and then you see the story continues and samuel is in a conversation with saul and in this conversation you find the passage that we read samuel is challenging and confronting saul and he's saying you were once small in your own eyes did you not become the head of the tribes of israel the lord anointed you and he sent you on a mission He said go and completely destroy those wicked people the Amalekites wage war against them until you have wiped them out why did you not obey the lord why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the lord Who, but but i did obey the lord sounds like eve isn't it oh no it's not not, not me but that serpent that came and told me it's okay to eat it and sounds like adam isn't it that woman you gave me she gave it Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce? And he said, "I went, I obeyed. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag their king." Probably Saul was an Indian. I completely destroyed. Job almost done is said as if it is fully done. But there's a difference between almost done and fully done. I'm almost there. Where are you? I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> Where are you? I'm there. Few kilometers away. No, no, no. I'm almost there. Probably he's like an Indian. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder. The best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Ah, here he says, you know, this is actually these are things that are devoted to God. Where does this idea of devotion to God come in? He's spiritualizing things in his excuse. He's justifying by his excuse by using the name of God. 
by using the worship of god but god did not require of them from any of the plunder of the amalekites to be devoted to god at all he said go and completely annihilate everything destroy everything but in fact it was the soldiers and saul himself had a desire to keep the good things just imagine it's a great temptation you're plundering a whole nation and how many good things you will collect bringing from silver and gold and animals and many many good things isn't that true and if everything is just going to be burnt up and destroyed how good it would be if we just can keep something for ourselves that's a good temptation it was a very very strong temptation irresistible temptation that they gave into where they gave in and ultimately what happened was they incurred the displeasure of god and they dis- they disobeyed god and samuel replied does the lord delight in burnt offerings verse 22 and 23 does the lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the lord to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams for rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry because you have rejected the word of the lord he has rejected you as king to title this morning's message i would call it choosing the better while offering some sacrifice to god is a good thing but obedience is better than sacrifice choose what is better there are certain things that look good in our eyes there are certain things that look justifiable to our eyes the end does not necessarily justify the means the means also matter in god's kingdom in god's system of things in the way god functions the means also matter is not just the end sometimes we can show the end and say oh that's a great thing that's a noble thing that's a good thing and lo somehow let's make things happen because ultimately we are doing something good it is not right to rob the rich and feed the poor the end is a good thing to feed the poor but that does not justify robbing the rich are you with me this morning get the principle right it might sound good but is it right is a question things might sound as if they are for a good purpose it may sound as if it's for a lofty idea it might sound like it might be very glorious at the end but the means matter obedience over sacrifice to heed than the fat of rams than offering the fat of rams choose the better disobedience here is coming out of rebellion and arrogance clearly samuel is saying that for rebellion is like the sin of divination arrogance is like the evil of idolatry he's basically explaining disobedience he's explaining disobedience by rebellion and arrogance this is basically what disobedience is which comes out of rebellion and arrogance a decision to choose what god doesn't approve of is disobedience and act with full knowledge of what is right an act of wrong done with the full knowledge of what is right 
giving in to the desire of the flesh is a strong temptation and we yield to it we know we are getting tempted the more you walk with the lord the more you allow the holy spirit to convict you the more you fill with the word of god we will certainly know that we giving into the desires of the flesh disobedience to explain it it's a fear of man over the fear of god or even more yearning for the approval of men saul could not stop his men and say what are you guys doing do not do this he couldn't do that because he was fearing what they would say he wanted them to be with him he, he because he was constantly taking in people whoever he found who was strong and brave he would take them in to be part of his army and so while you are you know while you need people for wars like these it's always a fear that if you stop them they may leave you what if they turn against you fear of man the approval of man becomes bigger and then we end up disobeying god reserving some areas of life to self will these are things that i need to happen that they need to happen only according to how i feel and how i want and how i expect reserving some areas of life to self will unwilling to fully yield and submit to whatever god expects it involves unseen rebellion and arrogance unseen rebellion and arrogance Saul did not say I don't care about what God feels I don't care about what the prophet says let's go eat drink and make merry let's amass wealth no he didn't proclaim it that way it was very hidden it was quiet it was hidden it was unseen it involves unseen rebellion and arrogance nobody knows it there's a smile on the face the good thoughts said a good word said oh samuel we finished the lord's mission we obeyed the lord completely you see we got the king completely hiding certain things and elevating certain things we can elevate certain things and hide certain things are you with me this morning disobedience comes out in many ways like these it's fear fearlessness of consequences no fear of any consequence will not heed to correction and confrontation saul was not willing to accept and say yes we were wrong yes we were tempted yes we gave in to the desire of the flesh yes we did not submit to the will of god yes we disobeyed god we are sorry he would not come straight and apologize and say i'm sorry he, there was no repentance there he would not heed to correction or confrontation even when samuel confronted him god's command standards and expectations are obvious and absolute they are both obvious and absolute they are not some kind of a gray thing they are not some kind of a cloudy thing they are not some kind of a, you know um thing that lacks clarity it's not a confusing thing it's not something that will put us in doubt and question is this the right thing or is that the right thing wrong thing god's commands his expectations his standards are very obvious and they are absolute also they don't change they don't change from person to person they don't change from time to time 
and with god and with his commands and with his standards with his expectations there are no negotiations in other words we can't justify we can't negotiate no justification no bribing we can't offer sacrifices see he thought let's put some sacrifices and hide the plunder by doing some good we can't get away with what was done wrong no bribing with god we can offer some sacrifices we can do some service for god that's what many people think today and that's what many religions of the world and people who practice many religious orders do these days they go and give lots of money at some pilgrim spot at some place of worship out of all the corrupt means they have earned their money and so the good deeds done or give do some charity give for some orphanage some old age home do some charity and cover up everything that was done wrong there can be no bribing with god god sees clearly god sees the motives and the intents of the heart man sees the face god sees the heart no escape from consequences also when we consistently disobey god when you're resisting god and you're resisting the voice of the lord we can't escape its consequences samuel comes head on god reveals what happened in the life of saul his secret mission there was a public mission that he that is that he accomplished which he was highlighting but there was a secret mission within the public mission the secret mission that he accomplished which nobody knew was taking the plunder and keeping it while god wanted everything to be killed there was no escape of consequences he was confronted and he was rejected to be asking hear me well god's standards god is an unchanging god when we say he's the same yesterday today and forever it is not just about his goodness that he's the same unchanging god but also in keeping with his law with his commands he is the same unchanging god amen hallelujah can we hold both together on, at the same level of intensity of faith we believe god is the same unchanging same yesterday today and forever when it comes to his promises when it comes to his goodness when it comes to his blessings can we also take in the same intensity god is unchanging with his laws his commands his teachings his principles his expectations he is the same unchanging yesterday today and forever hallelujah not for one moment ever think that the 10 commandments is obsolete that's what many people are teaching be careful about such teaching god does not change <laughs> Oh that's the period of the law that's all over So can we go and murder Can we lie Can we steal Can we worship other gods Can we take the name of God in vain Can we dishonor our father and mother Are you hearing me Amen So the law of God does not change this problem of understanding the scriptures that way came because of the dispensationalists where they said oh that's the period of conscience that's the period of the law this is the period of grace this is the period of the holy spirit and this is the period of the church and then will come the period of 
eternal life no god's god's law is both in the old testament times and also in the new testament times it's only the ceremonial laws and the civil laws that were given to israel in particular are not necessary or do not apply to us you see that very clearly proclaimed in the jerusalem council in acts chapter 15 as to what the gentiles ought to follow but in the essence of the law in the spirit of the law the word of god is for all time amen from genesis to revelation it is a word of god for all time for all people it doesn't change its intensity its power its reality does not diminish because we are in the new season or what is called as a new testament times no we are not saved by offering of sacrifice of animals because jesus came in one as one and only sacrifice and so we do not have to offer animal sacrifice anymore those are things that are are not to be continued anymore but in the sense of truth we have to follow truth amen hallelujah jesus himself came full of grace and truth not just only of grace but grace and truth if you overemphasize grace at the underemphasis of truth you fall into what is called as hyper grace you overemphasize truth at the underemphasis of grace you move into legalism right these are two extremes but jesus came full of grace and truth hallelujah and so the word of god and scriptures revealed and handed down to us us for our for all time and all of scriptures have to be kept and followed and have to be believed and lived out and that will go- do good for us and you will see how it will do good for us as a god of justice and righteousness god deals with people fairly if he will give a command and man fails and he quietly lets it go and man can push it under the carpet and god also will shut his eyes then it's not justice he is doing injustice to his own righteousness am i right if god is a justice and god is a god of righteousness he has to deal fairly with people god blesses the obedient and punishes the disobedient but the punishment to the disobedient has a redemptive purpose when it comes to god amen he's not punishing to condemn us but he wants to punish like a father deals with a son disciplines a son so that he will not go the wrong way that he will not lose his soul and so god allows certain things in our lives for a redemptive purpose to redeem our soul to protect our souls and some of the examples that you see of those who disobeyed good example is samson who despises nazarite vow where he must not cut off his hair he must not you know uh, do certain things drink strong wine he must not do certain things that others do god wanted him to be a set apart man so that he will do a certain task a mission that god had ordained for him for the people of israel that is to judge the people of israel and to redeem them from the hands of the philistines but he despised the nazarite calling and so he had a miserable end where he pushed those strong pillars with his own hands well god extended his grace one more time 
when he cried out for god for strength but the building collapsed on himself and he also died a miserable death his eyes were gouged he was beaten he was treated as a slave while he was once ruling israel for 20 years there are consequences of disobedience moses instead of speaking to the rock he struck the rock with anger against the people of israel and because of that he could not enter the promised land even though he pleaded with god god said don't ask me anymore he was the one who brought the people of egypt people of israel from egypt led them for 40 years but yet did not have the privilege of entering into the promised land he was only able to see from mount from the mountain top yet could not receive what god had promised for him on the other side you also see people who obeyed god you see abraham the bible says when god called him he left his father's house and went to a place where he did not know where he was going and he became the father of the faithful he continued to believe in god he continued to obey god he continued to move from place to place as god led him he was sincere the bible says he was faithful in all of god's house about moses david sinned david sinned he he went into adultery he went he committed murder but yet when prophet nathan confronted him he immediately repented and the, his kingdom was established because he wept and he fasted and prayed and he repented god did not you know banish him he did not see a miserable end god continued to bless him god gave him another son solomon whom god raised up to be his successor and then continued on from generation to generation where his kingdom would endure forever and out of his lineage came jesus himself who is called the son of david he had the honor to be called for jesus to be called by his name what an honor for david you see the true examples of obedience men fail but yet they repented they turned back to god they came back to obedience well some people use that old english proverb they say to err is human to forgive is divine what to do we will all be like this only on this side of heaven <laughs> that sounds good sounds very soothing that sounds very comfortable but that's not where we ought to be amen that's not the biblical philosophy of life that's not the way a child of god is called to live to err is human to forgive is divine so it's all right to err and the divine will keep forgiving but true obedience comes out of three things i see very clearly here true obedience come out of three things number one is the love of god if a person loves god if you truly love the lord you will want to obey him it's out of that relationship that we have with god john 14 verse 23 and 24 says jesus replied anyone who loves me will obey my teaching my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching these words you hear are not my own they belong to the father who sent me john 14 verses 23 and 24 anyone who loves me will obey my teaching it truly comes out of a love relationship with the lord 
you see we are not following a set of rules and regulations god is not a hard task master who's coming behind us to find fault with us so that the moment we fall he can give us a whack on our back god is a loving god who's gracious who's come to come and have a relationship with us he's calling us into this intimate relationship with him and as we are in this great love relationship with him in this relationship we find such closeness and intimacy where we begin to love him so much and because we love him we do not want to displease him that's why we want to read his word that's why we want to follow his commands that's why we want to follow his teaching amen it's not some kind of a hard yoke that we are called to carry because that's what jesus himself said if you are weary come unto me all who you who are weary and heavy laden burden i will give you rest unburden yourself my yoke is easy my burden is light learn from me for i am gentle and lowly amen he comes as a loving father who loves us he wants us to be in a relationship with him but if you are truly in a relationship with him and if you truly love him with all your heart mind and soul and strength you will obey his teaching hallelujah it comes out of this love relationship with him it's not a hard heavy yoke for us to carry which is unbearable but each man is called to carry his own cross and follow him amen hallelujah each one is called to carry his own cross yes there is a cross that jesus carried that does not mean that we do not have a cross to carry yes jesus died and rose again for our sins but that does not mean that we don't have to die daily to ourselves it's calling us to a goat co-death co-death along with him to die with him die to sin to die to the flesh to die to disobedience and calling us into life of following his teaching to live the way of life that he wants us to live and so it comes out of a truly genuine love relationship with him and if you are spending time with him if you are spending time with his word if you are reading his word you will naturally begin to love the lord you will realize how much he has loved you you will experience his love for you and in turn you will respond by loving him and how would you respond in love toward him by obeying his commands his teaching because we will not like displease, displease anybody whom we love amen if we love someone truly we will not like to displease them we will not like to hurt them the bible says that we can grieve the holy spirit he is a god who has emotions he is not a heartless taskmaster he has a heart he has emotions and so when we displease him he feels it he's offended he grieves and so the bible says grieve not the holy spirit and so in the true obedience comes out of a love for god it's the whole idea the aspect of the issue of relationship and secondly true obedience comes out of fear of god fear of god in other words reverence for god this is not a fear uh, of some kind of a terror where we panic when we see you know who god is read with me in genesis in chapter number 39 in verse 9 yes this is about joseph if you need need to learn 
about joseph you need to come on tuesdays genesis chapter 39 and verse 9 no one is greater in this house than i am my master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife how then could i do such a wicked thing and sin against god this is what joseph is saying while while potiphar's wife was continually enticing him to be with him while his while her husband was out and he was running away from it every time he was avoiding it but then there was a time where she held on to him and she compelled him and in that moment where anybody can fall at a moment like that he says this how then can i do such a wicked thing and sin against god he feared god how can i do this against god he's a holy god how can i do an unholy act when i serve a holy god he feared god there was a healthy fear of god this is not about fear that something adverse will happen but we really need to have a very healthy fear for god also in proverbs chapter 3 and verse 7 you read proverbs 3 7 do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil fear the lord and depart from evil anybody who fears god will depart from evil anybody who fears god will obey god anybody who fears god will please god a healthy fear of god and how do we get the fear of god by knowing his word by knowing his nature by knowing him as we relate with him now just because we are in this love relationship with god it simply doesn't mean that we are in this lovey dovey relationship that we call him daddy 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 and there's no fear at all no that's exactly what the hyper grace movement has pictured god like oh he will not do anything he there's no consequence of sin there is no correction there is no confrontation of sin there is no conviction of the sin holy spirit will not convict you of sin that's what hyper grace says it's just all about grace 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 holy spirit will not convict you of sin basically it unplugs the fear of god it's all about love it's all about grace i just bask in the love of the father my father is a heavenly father is a loving father there's only one aspect of the heart of god and so what happens is that there's no fear of god at all no fear of the consequence of sin because the theology says your future sins are already forgiven and there will be no condemnation and no consequence of any sin at all yes it's true scripture says that we are we have received the gift of eternal life but also the call is to be progressively sanctified because the word of god says be holy as i am holy the lord calls us even through the new testament many of the passages that the hyper grace movement talks about where paul and many of the uh, writings of scriptures highlight about fleeing sexual immorality departing from deeds of darkness striving where we have a responsibility basically the whole point is that you are not responsible for your sin at all your spirit has been made perfect whatever sin you do in your body will not affect your soul 
basically it removes the fear of god the fear of consequence of sin there needs to be a healthy fear of god amen which is biblical which is biblical number 3 obedience comes out of love for god obedience comes out of fear of god reverence toward god obedience come out of honoring god and his word we honor him and his word which is our responsibility which is a natural responsibility in response read with me in deuteronomy chapter 32 and let's read verses 5 and 6 deuteronomy chapter 32 verses 5 and 6 this is a song of moses just before moses died this is what he is singing to the people of israel now this is not a song like the songs we sing sun will rise in the morning sun will set in the evening why should i fear why should i fear it's not that kind of a song this song this is a song that reveals the heart of god this is a song that reveals about what god is looking how god is looking at the people of israel deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 5 and 6 they are corrupt and not as children to their shame they are warped and crooked generation is this the way you repay the lord you foolish and unwise people is he not your father your creator who made you and formed you you see what moses is asking the people of israel is this the way we repay the lord should we not honor the lord live in such a way that will be honoring him do we do things in such a way where after he had done so much for us he's brought us out of egypt he's led us through the desert he's given us signs and wonders he's brought us into the promised land he's established us and made us a kingdom he's given us all his promises he's raised up prophets for us he's given us his word he has revealed himself so you know explicitly to us after all that god has given and after all the blessings he has showered do we behave in such a way that's what moses is asking Is this the way you repay the Lord you foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father, your creator who made you and formed you? Do we not have a sense to honor him? It's a matter of honoring God. Why do we obey his commands? Why do we follow his statutes? What drives us is because we love him, because we are in this relationship, because if we truly oh love him, we will please him, we will obey him. It's because we fear him. we rever him because he is god we fear him there's a healthy fear and thirdly we honor him we respond to what he has done for us we consider what he has done look at also in verses uh, 15 to 18 in fact the whole chapter we read that will be great we don't have time so i'm just highlighting a few passages verses 15 to 18 in the same passage jeshurun grew fat and kicked jeshurun basically talking about the people of israel grew fat and kicked filled with food they became heavy and sleek they abandoned the god who made them and rejected the rock their savior they made him jealous with their foreign gods and angered him with their detestable idols they sacrificed to false gods which are not god gods they had not known gods that recently appeared gods your ancestors did not fear you deserted the rock you fa- who fathered you you forgot the god who gave you birth you again you see that in verse 18 you deserted the rock who fathered you forgot the god who gave you birth you deserted the god 
who the rock who fathered you you forgot the god who gave you birth sometimes we can forget him completely we can get busy with our lives we can get so focused with our own selves we can get focused with doing things and making money in this world we can forget the word of god bible says if we forget his word he will forget our children but he will look unto him who esteems his word he will esteem the one who trembles at his word the one who esteems his word who one who trembles at his word the one who elevates his word keeps his word as of high importance in their life he will esteem them he will honor them if you honor me i will honor you these are principles that do not change these are principles that will come through tested and see amen hallelujah look at also psalm 119 and verses 1 to 8 blessed are those whose ways are blameless psalm 119 verses 1 to 8 blessed are those whose ways are blameless who walk according to the law of the lord blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart they do not they do no wrong but follow his ways hallelujah hallelujah they do no wrong but follow his ways the ones who pursue the word of god who pursue the law of god who love the law of god who love the word of god they will do no wrong psalm 119 verses 1 to 8 king david who was a king who was a man of exploits who was a man of war who was a man who was established by god who knew that he was successful what more did he need and a king had time for the word of god a king who had time to read god's word a king was no ordinary person a king who knew that there is a king of kings above him <laughs> hallelujah sometimes we look big in our own eyes at one time we looked small in our eyes and we saw the lord but then over a period of time we can become in we can become big in our own eyes but we need to realize there's a one bigger than us and king david knew that there's a king of kings above him and he knew what would keep him as king he knew what would keep him on the throne he knew what was most important for him and because he loved god and because he feared god because he honored god he says blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart they no do no wrong but follow his ways you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed look at that you have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed not partially oh that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees that is his yearning then i would not be put to shame when i consider all your commands i praise you with an upright heart as i learn your righteous laws i will obey your decrees do not utterly forsake me i will obey he has a clear determination clear decision i will obey your laws but don't forsake me i will learn your righteous laws we need to have a learning posture if you will love god you will love to learn his word whatever be your busy schedule in life whatever be maybe your responsibilities whatever be your you know duties that you have to fulfill yes we all have responsibilities and duties that we have to accomplish whatever be your age also 
Oh in those young days I was able to read I was able to learn but no I become old no Probably the oldest person in the room is pastor and he's still going for classes he is enrolled for another set of classes for the next 3 years If you love the word of God you will love to learn whatever be your age even at 77 75 <laughs> It's never too late to begin to learn. It's never too late. Amen. Hallelujah. Always if we have a heart to learn, if we have a heart to listen to the word of God, we will come running to the house of God to listen to the word of God, to learn the word of God, to grow in the knowledge of the word of God. We will love to understand what the word of God is saying. How does it apply to my life? What is God saying to me? What is God saying to us as a family? We will love to hear God. If we truly honor him, we will love his word. We will want to learn his word. We will want to fully obey his word. It's not a matter of trying to earn God's love and acceptance and forgiveness and grace and eternal life by our obedience. It's not a matter of trying to earn it by our own obedience. But there is certainly a reward for obedience that comes out of love and fear of god and honoring of god and his word now i want to ask us one question before we close think of one area in your life think of one area in your life where you know you have not walked in obedience where you know you have not walked in obedience if there has been a subtle hidden rebellion and arrogance that led to disobedience if you've been justifying or if you've been thinking of offering something good doing some other good things in the place of certain areas where you held back or you experienced certain consequences of disobedience would you identify that and ask god to forgive you and experience a transformation this morning would you repent can we together in every area of our life can we ask the holy spirit and allow the holy spirit to bring conviction into our heart and let the word of god stir our hearts this morning bring conviction if there is some area or at least if we can identify one if there is any and ask god to forgive us lord if i've been justifying myself if i've been thinking i can offer sacrifices i can worship i can pray i can do certain good things if i can escape consequences lord i've been wrong forgive me we say lord i'm sorry it's a very important moment that we need to focus our hearts on the lord focus our attention on jesus focus our attention and allow the holy spirit to bring conviction into us let the spirit of god convict our hearts there's any area we need to come into obedience if we sense we disobey the lord we know what he expects we know what his standards are 
we need to ask the lord for forgiveness we need to repent and change can we do that can we pray before we pray i want to close with this passage of scripture deuteronomy chapter 28 in verses 1 to 14 Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 to 14 Would somebody read it out loud for us Amen. Verse 1 says if you fully obey the Lord your God carefully follow all his commands I give you today the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth all these blessings will accompany you and accompany you amen he will it will come upon you it will accompany you all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God and also we will close with the reading of revelation in chapter 22 and verses 11 and 12 revelation chapter 22 and we read verses 11 and 12 Look I am coming soon my reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done amen look i'm coming soon my reward is with me i will give to each person i will give to each person according to what they have done amen
let him who is holy continue to be holy amen